Last year, I had an idea. I wanted to get a group of women together across generations and go on a missions work trip. I was pretty sure I couldn't pull it off, and I was right. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. One of the courses I took in seminary was entitled Intergenerational Ministry. We learned the difference between being a multi-generational or intergenerational congregation. For example, in a multi-generational setting, many generations are present. They're worshiping, they're learning, and they're fellowshipping at the same church, but they're not necessarily intermixing with one another. In an intergenerational setting, the various generations are also present doing those same things, but they interact with each other in a variety of ways. Our church has been actively looking for ways to do this better. We have prayer partners between senior high students and senior adults. We have service opportunities through Operation Christmas Child and Feed My Starving Children. And each year, a group of men from our church, ranging in age from junior high through senior adults as well, go to our denominational camp in the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. They build buildings, they chop wood, and complete work projects that have been saved for them or set apart for them specifically to do. They also build relationships and eat amazing food and have great conversations and swim and fish, and and they come back interacting with one another in fresh, new, and real ways. I see them laugh together in the halls. I see them share private jokes. They plan outside events, and then they reminisce about how they saw God at work. I saw what they had, and I wanted it. I wanted it not just for me, but for the other women in our church as well. I knew I couldn't offer the exact same experience for the women because that would just be weird to show up at the same camp and do the same things. But I wanted to do something. I prayed, and then I had an idea. I thought, hmm, how about I offer a women's work trip to a location somewhere in the United States? It was a pretty broad idea. As I looked ahead to the summer, this was about December, it seemed so far away, but I knew it would come quickly. I asked my husband then if he knew, if remembered the name of the people to contact at Reach Global, which is our denomination's crisis outreach arm. I asked if he knew their names. We had done work with them before, and they were super effective and easy to work with. He offered to call them for me and do a little research to see where and when they were working, um, they had been dealing with lots of different areas of flooding in the United States, and I knew that would be the kind of work we would do. He knew I was in the middle of classes for school, and my availability was limited. So he came back with a great thorough report. They were looking for people to volunteer at this point in Columbia, South Carolina. There had been flooding there a few years earlier, but they were continuing to finish up projects on various homes, and they would love to have us come. He said that they were looking into our housing. We were going to stay at a hotel while they were there, and then some of the other details, and we'll get back to us. Then they gave us some dates in July that would work really well for them, and it turns out there were dates that would work really well for us too. 
So Kenny said he was going to reserve a couple of vans for us so we'd have them ready to go. He would call the travel group we work with when we go on youth group trips for me to figure out our airline tickets, and I was thrilled. There were so many details, and I loved the idea of us going, but I was still pretty sure, oh, I don't know if I can quite pull this off. I knew I had to start letting women know about this possibility pretty soon because I heard conversations around me about people signing up for camps and making vacation plans. I talked with our administrative assistant who is actually really misnamed at our church. She should be called our administrator of all things. She um, works so hard and is so has such a great attention to detail and things and works with us alongside of us in youth ministry. She knows what's happening when and the best way to do it. She also is a creative genius with an eye for just the right graphic and just the right color and stuff like that. Anyway, I met with her and I shared with her my idea. I told her I thought it would be kind of fun to advertise with Rosie the Riveter to highlight the all-woman part of the trip without even having to say much about it. And she came up with the greatest logo. Rosie superimposed on a bright yellow outline of the state of South Carolina. She asked, oh, do you want to make a slide up for church for the announcements? Do you want me to use this logo for the announcement in a variety of other places as well? And she kept asking these great questions, and I just kept saying, yes, yes, yes. I want to do all the things she was saying because she always had great ideas. Then people started signing up. I has had been hoping and praying for an even mix of generations. I was hoping and praying for a group of about 15 to 20 women. I thought that would work well together. I was praying also for a few, but not all, mother-daughter combinations. We ended up having 16 women sign up. Half of the women were under 20 and the other half were older. Nice. Half of the women were mother-daughter pairs. The other half were not. Nice. The team was all set. I said, amen. I thought this looked great. I knew we should do some team building before we left. I knew we should do some training. And fortunately, the group we worked with gave us lots of materials available. Um, my husband had done a lot of training before, and so he gave me the things he had worked with. We set up some meeting dates, and we communicated them, and people showed up, and they received training. I also knew I wanted to have a co-leader on this trip, and I knew I wanted the co-leader to be one of the students going. So I asked one young woman, who I already knew was a go-getter with great leadership abilities, I asked her if she'd be willing to lead with me. I was super thrilled when she said yes, and then we planned a time to meet, of course, at a coffee shop to discuss the trip. The day came for a meeting. I was there a little early, and so was there when she arrived. And she shows up with a notebook and her colored pens. And I thought, oh, man, I hope I can pull this meeting off because she seems way more organized than I am. She sat down. She opened up her notebook where she had notes. She started thinking of things we needed to cover. She added to the list. I started Googling restaurants that we were going to go to the first night because here's what we did. We flew into Charlotte, North Carolina. Stayed overnight, did one last training, and then the next day had a few hours and then drove south to Columbia, South Carolina, where we were going to work. While she was writing lists and doing these things, I found the King's Kitchen restaurant and got super excited. It was a nonprofit restaurant in um, Uptown Charlotte. It served Southern-style food from Carolina Farms. I thought, oh, this would be great. Uh, their mission statement, and actually I wrote this down, says this, our vision and goal each day at the King's Kitchen is to raise funds to feed the spiritual and physical needs of those who have the least in our community and to train and equip those previously unemployable in the restaurant trade. 
which right now I know is sounding like a shameless plug, right, for anybody who's traveling to Charlotte. And if it does, okay, great, perfect. The food's amazing. You should go. I'd love to go back. Um, so, yeah, they gave us a private room, and it was um, great for our continued discussions and final training before we went the next day. Anyway, back to this planning meeting with me and, and my girl. We were sitting there, and together she suggested, oh, we should probably divide the people into work teams. We divide them into work teams. We divide the people into um, hotel roommates. We laid out our plan for upcoming meetings. We left, and then I asked my co-leader to please bring her notebook to the meetings that we have and so that we could keep track of what we talked about. I was starting to think this trip might actually happen. When we gathered for our first training, I looked around the tables and thought, man, I hope we can pull this off. We didn't know yet what our projects would be. We had filled out forms that listed all of our previous experience. We could paint, drywall, clean, etc., whatever we'd done before, and said we are willing to do whatever they could train us for. We started to get to know each other, and as we did, we saw such a wide variety of skills and abilities. We also saw a wide variety of personalities and experiences. We continued to train, and then a week before we were to leave, one person had to drop out due to some family circumstances beyond her control. She was sad to go. She had to care for her mom, who wasn't doing well, but wanted to offer her spot. My sister had been visiting when I heard this news. I looked at her at our 4th of July picnic and said, hey, want to go on a mission trip next week? She said, you won't believe this, but I actually think I might be able to. All five of her kids and her husband were actually involved in other trips that same week. In a day, she found a plane ticket that got her in and out of the same airport we were going to within about an hour of our arrival time, so it was perfect. The morning of the trip, my husband drove our church minibus packed with 15 of us. I didn't forget anyone, remember? My sister was going to meet us later. And all of our luggage. I had a huge three-ring binder that I did not assemble myself. It had tabs that said things like, hotel and vans, and restaurants, and the like, things like that. I felt like it was an extra brain. I actually felt like it was my whole brain, but I thought it was an extra brain. And I knew whatever was in that notebook was critical. And I also knew that none of it was in my mind. I held on to it like it was a national treasure or some sort. I said goodbye to Kenny as he drove away, leaving me at the curb, which, that I mean, that was the plan all along, um, but I kind of felt panicky and also a little teary. We got all checked in, flew, landed, met up with my sister, got our rental vans, and began our journey. I asked someone who was good with directions to sit in my passenger seat. I knew I would be always driving one of the vans, and I asked the other van to follow us, and we were going to get to where we're going. We eventually made it to our hotel. Well, we, th we thought it was our hotel. We got in. I went to the desk. We ate their free cookies, said thanks. We drank their complimentary waters, and we waited while the receptionist tried to find our reservations. After a little bit of going back and forth and me taking things out of my notebook, I noticed we were at the wrong hotel. Ah, oh, nuts. Hampton Inn, Holiday Inn. I was so close. So the people were so gracious at the desk, and my team members were so gracious. We got out, filed out went back into our vans and drove to the correct hotel. I just said, well, it's a little tour of Charlotte. We checked into the right hotel, which was amazing. Walking distance to that restaurant it had a rooftop pool with a view to the city that was so gorgeous, I felt guilty looking at it when I knew I was supposed to be on a mission trip. 
Anyway, we got our keys, and the receptionist explained that, yes, they were waiting for us. They had our rooms. And then she started. he started to explain how to get to the parking lot that was available for our vans since their oversized spots were already taken. So he started giving directions, saying north and south and pointing, and then he would rephrase them because he could tell I was getting mixed up, and I just continued to get mixed up. And one of the other two people who had signed on as drivers understood my problem and understood his language, came up and said, you know what, how about if I take care of the parking? We'll go, we're two signed on as drivers, we'll take the vans, we'll park for you, and then we'll come back. What a gift. So they went on and they figured that out. We later enjoyed our meal that evening. We had a wonderful time of sharing on top of that roof at the hotel afterwards. The next day, we were going to take a brief walking tour of a few of the sites. I had a list that we were going to see, and I had downloaded an app for the highlights of the city. We made it to the first one, and then I walked out the door to leave and started going the wrong way. Another woman recognized it and asked me if what it was that we were going to go see. And I told her, she goes, I think we're going the wrong direction. So then we just turned and I said, okay, follow her. And then we followed her the rest of the morning. When it was time, we loaded up and drove to Columbia. We got to the church that was the base for all of the workers there. And that evening received our training. The people came, so we're glad that you're here. And they started explaining that we were going to be divided up into three different groups they gave us our work assignments. Some people were going to be painting inside, some outside, some are cleaning, some are going to do demo work, some are going to be waterproofing a basement, some are going to cut and install baseboards. All of us were told that we should always recognize that these were real homes of real individuals while we were working there. And if the homeowners were present, we were to build relationships with them. We were excited. Our teams had divided up. We left that night eager to get to sleep and get going for with what we came there to do. So the next day, got up, ate breakfast, got to the church by 7.30 without any problems. By now, it was super apparent that I was no longer to be the lead van anywhere, anytime. And I still drove with somebody um, navigating in the passenger seat. We had a schedule of who would make lunches which was a throwback to the notebook at the coffee shop that this young woman had and had available for us. So we had that schedule. And so people would come. They would start making our lunches. We filled up our big water jugs so that they were ready at the various work sites. We worked long days in really hot weather. We would come back to the church and eat supper that was provided, and we'd share about what we had done. We would laugh. We would we would share the way that we saw God work in and through us and in spite of us sometimes. The next day, the church needed a couple of people with great organizational skills to help them with a large project they had to accomplish. So my sister being one and another woman peeled off and another student peeled off from their projects that they'd been doing and we formed a fourth team and they went to the church and did amazing work in a short period of time there. They were definitely the people for that job. So we continued on for days and it looked the same. Get to the church on time, make lunches, go to our work sites, work hard, have great conversations with our homeowners, come back to the church for dinner and then leave for our hotel. The last day we were gathering together our people at the church and I had a moment, a fabulous moment. While we were organizing ourselves, one of the staff members stopped and asked, wait, I have a question. Do you have a leader on this team? Is there somebody specific in charge? Keep in mind, they had been with us for days, and they couldn't tell. And I wanted to cry. <laughs> Not because I was sad that I wasn't recognized, but I was so grateful. Because with the help I had received at home before we even left, and a team of women that God had put together 
Together we made this seamless team. We were told that our output of work shocked the people we worked that we were working with and for. They were surprised at how much fun we had together and how well we got along. In fact, they even asked, are you like a group of friends back home? And we said, well, not before this, but we will be now. This is what God had in mind when he had Paul write in 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's also what God had in mind when he inspired Paul to write in Romans 12, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, he was referring to our physical bodies, not every, not every part of our body sees, the eye sees, not every part of our body smells. We have different parts, different members of our body. They don't all have the same function. He goes on and says, so in Christ we, though many, Form one body, and each member of the body of Christ belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. Each one of us has a different gift. You have a gift, a gift from the Spirit, a gift that is meant to bless the body. Paul goes on, he says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These gifts are God-given. They're meant to build up the body of Christ. Sometimes we think that it's just for the local church, but the body of Christ extends beyond that. And in this instance, in this time and space, I could not only see the gifts at work, these gifts were my friends. These gifts came with names and beautiful faces. These gifted women brought their gifts to the table and each one blessed us all. And now we see each other in the halls at church. We share private jokes. We laugh and remember when somebody found a caribou coffee in Charlotte. It was the best thing ever. We talk about eating at Chick-fil-A so many times. We share memories of blue goo and wrong hotels with really good cookies. We remember our debriefing evening at the hotel when we laughed so hard we cried and we could not stop. We remember the families we met and served and continue to pray for them. We remember the people who continued to stay on after we left. We heard some of them picked up and packed up and moved on to serve in Texas and Puerto Rico and other communities that have been devastated by flooding. So last year, I had an idea. I wanted to get a group of women together across generations and go on a mission work trip. I was pretty sure I couldn't pull it off, and I was right. I couldn't, but we could, because he could. And he wrote a really good story that we continue to tell today. <laughs>